Good morning. I'm super enjoying the 67 Steps, which is a program by Ty Lopez that I'm doing. It's um, it's really cool. There's a lot of stuff I've learnt and a lot of things have stuck with me. I'm only on step 22, I think, uh, or 21 that I did this morning. One of the things that I really liked, I mean, I liked all of it pretty much, most of it, um, is the idea of black and white thinking and right or wrong, classifying everything into right or wrong or good or bad all the time, um, which I know I do very much and I'm quite aware of it and I sometimes catch myself and manage to stop and sometimes I don't. And it's very, very much a part of our culture. Everything that people talk about is in terms of when there's a conflict, who's right and who's wrong, who's in the right, who's in the wrong. And is the way to see this this problem this way or is it that way? And that's it. There are no grey shades of grey. There's just this way or that way. But the thing I was listening to this morning that really struck me was um, he talked about the mentality that led people like Copernicus and Galileo and those people who discovered that the earth is not the centre of the universe um, and that the earth actually revolves around the sun and those sorts of things. And they got jailed or put in house arrest or accused of heresy because of their discoveries because of this bias, this mentality of we shun the new, we're frightened of the new, we're frightened of anything different that challenges our current belief system. And even though we no longer do that (laughs) as overtly as they did back then, we kind of still do do that. So when new ideas or things that challenge our way of seeing the world come up, there is a lot of resistance and that resistance can be among our friends and the people around us or our society, but it can be within us as well. And so how this applies in the lesson that he taught today or that I listened to today, how this applies to our health and wanting to forge a better body, a better state of health and create that for ourselves is he suggested using the scientific method. So in the scientific method, you start by asking yourself a question. So you stand naked in front of a mirror and you do that literally and you also do that metaphorically. So you look at what you see in the mirror, which might be a fat belly or not enough muscle or whatever it is, and you don't go, that's bad, that's evil, that's unattractive. You just go, what, what is there? What do I see? Um, And if you see a belly, but you don't want a belly, then you just note that and you might see a belly and want a belly and then you note that. So it's not that having a belly is bad and you don't use the standards that the culture uses because you might have different standards. So you might think that having a round belly, you might feel that that is attractive and you do want that and that's perfectly acceptable. So you choose what it is that you 
well, you, you see what you see, which is objective, and then you do try to put an objective mindset in place where you decide if what you see in the mirror is what you want to see. Are you looking at yourself both naked in the mirror and in the way you interact with your loved ones, in the way you feel every day? Do you wake up every morning and feel good about life? In the way you go to work and do what you do and achieve the things you achieve, do you do those things the way you want them to be done? And you, so you look at your life in an objective way and you ask yourself, is this what I want? Is this what I, how I want to be? And if it's not, then how do I want to be? What do I want to see in the mirror, both the physical real mirror and the metaphorical mirror? And then you go away and you research the answer to the question. So if you are... I'll give the example of the belly again. If you think that you have an overly large belly and you don't want to, then you go away and you research what are some things that I could do about this? What are some things I could do in my diet, in my movement practice, in my environment, with my sleep, with my stress? What are some of the things? And you don't spend 10 years researching this. You spend an amount of time which works for you. You don't need to have all the answers. You just need to have an idea of something that might work. Something that you feel reasonably confident would work. It's not completely out of left field and completely unlikely, but it seems reasonable to you. And then you choose that thing and you make so you that in choosing that thing you've made a hypothesis your hypothesis is if i make this one change to my diet so for example your one change might be to become a vegetarian that might be what you read about and what you decided you wanted to try and it felt right to you and so you create the hypothesis. If I change my diet from my current diet to being a vegetarian, I will expect to notice certain changes in my health, which might be your belly getting smaller or it might be other things. And then you test the hypothesis. So you design an experiment, which in this example is very simple. You become a vegetarian for, let's say, three months. Could be one month, could be three months. Probably doesn't want to be too much longer than that because it is an experiment and then you do your experiment for your one to three months and while you're doing your experiment you are observing the changes so you're not um, being judgmental about the changes you're not deciding yet if the changes are good or bad or what you want but you are noticing what happens so what happens when you look in, in the mirror naked um, what is the shape of your body? What do you see? How do you feel about what you see? And then you might track other things. You might track your energy levels. You might track your mood. You might track your bowel movements. You might track your uh, amount of bloating. You might track whether you've got indigestion. And you keep scientific detailed records of those things. And it doesn't need to be very long. It doesn't need to take you a long time. You can just pick five 
criteria and for the five criteria give yourself a score of from zero to ten or zero to five in what you've noticed and just do that every day it's very quick and very easy the end of your experiment you stop you stop and you look at what you've written down you look at all the observations you've made you look in the mirror again and you go well has there been a change in the direction that I want there to be a change in has my belly got smaller have my energy levels increased and I can tell from my records now you might think well I don't need to keep records I can tell if my energy is better but what if the result is fairly subtle and whether your energy what if your energy levels have improved by 20 percent that's a significant amount which would indicate your experiment was successful but it's not that big of an amount that you might obviously notice it it might not be that obvious so I do think that writing it down and tracking it is actually really valuable and important so you analyze your observations am I now three months after this experiment more healthy and looking in the mirror with more finding more of what I want to see than I was before the experiment and then you might decide no I feel worse or you might decide I feel about the same or you might decide there has been an improvement and then depending on what you decide you may terminate the experiment if you have noticed no change whatsoever or if you have noticed that you've got worse then it's clearly time to stop that experiment and then go back to the drawing board and design a new experiment and try something else and do that for three months and repeat the procedure. If you uh, analyze your data and you think there has been an improvement, then you don't just continue on the same experiment, right, that's it, I found the answer, that's it, I'm done now. Because you don't know if the improvement is partial, if you could do better, if you can tweak it a bit, if you need to be, if something about your new vegetarian diet is better, but something else about it isn't as good as it could be. Maybe you'd be better off having fish twice a week or meat twice a week because the thing about your vegetarian diet that improved you was in fact the fact that you gave up processed foods or or something I'm just making this up as I go along so it doesn't mean you've arrived just because your experiment resulted in an improvement but it does mean you're on the right track and so you might tweak it and an important step that I forgot to mention is at the end when you've analyzed your observations find some people or or even just one person who knows what they're talking about in this particular area so don't just ask anybody but ask someone who has some experience some knowledge and ask tell them your experiment describe it to them show them your observations that you wrote down and ask them what they think about it and if you have multiple people like that then ask as many people as you possibly can but be careful who you ask because you don't want to ask people who absolutely don't know a thing about it or have all sorts of their own biases that would make them give a certain answer because they're not open to um, all the possibilities they're only open to their possibility Um, So then you do that experiment and then you do another and then you do another. And through doing these experiments, you're headed where you want to head. 
You'll be going in a slightly zigzag route because some of your experiments won't be successful and some will. So you won't be headed in an exactly straight line to where you want to go, but you'll be closer to a straight line. Um, and the definition of a mistake is an experiment where you don't, you don't stop, where you do the experiment and you convince yourself that that's the way to eat or that's the way to act or that's the way to exercise. And you, get, you have commitment consistency which is one of the cognitive biases. Apparently there are 25 cognitive biases and that's one of them where you stick with the thing because that's what I believe in, because that's what I decided to do and I don't want to change my mind because people who change their minds are weak. That's the commitment consistency bias and that's what results in people getting stuck and you see this all the time. I'm sure I've done it myself many times. You find what you think is the answer to your health or wealth or happiness problem and you get some success with it, but then you stick with it through thick or thin. You never bend. You're not open to new information. You're not open to new experiences. You stick with it till death do you part. So that is when it ceases to be an experiment and it becomes... A mistake. That's assuming that it's not helping you. But even if the thing is helping you, you still don't want to have that um, commitment consistency bias because things change. What worked for you at a certain phase in your life won't necessarily work for you for the whole of your life. And your environment may change, your circumstances may change. So the thing that appeared to be the answer will change. So you have to be constantly open and adaptable. And that was another thing that came out of these 67 steps. Adaptability always trumps intelligence or strength or any other innate quality. It's the adaptable who survive. It's the people and the animals who are able to adapt to a changing environment. And since our environment is constantly changing, that means all of us need to be adaptable. All right, that's it. That's all I want to say for today. I hope you have a fantastic day and thank you for listening.